want to invite you to open your Bibles with me to the Old Testament book of Psalms, chapter 119. I'm excited about what God is going to say to us this morning as he teaches us and speaks to us by his Holy Spirit in us through the teaching of his holy word before us. I I am excited because everything that God shares for us is best for us. And we know and understand that he is going to speak to us this morning because God always speaks. The question is, are we ready and willing to listen and then to respond in obedience to him as he speaks? Uh, Dr. Henry Blackaby, he's a pastor and uh, author. He was the author of the Bible study series, Experiencing God and other books, he said these words, there comes a point in your life when the Lord opens your eyes to understand what the Christian life was meant to be. It isn't just going to heaven when you die, it's dying to self on earth and allowing him to live through you. The Christian life is about dying to self each day. The Christian life is about Jesus living through us each day. The Christian life is about joining God in his work in our lives each day. The Christian life is about looking forward to our hope in heaven one day. We understand these truths because God has revealed these truths to us. God revealed these truths to us in his word before us, so that we might enjoy, obey, and share these truths by the power of the Holy Spirit living within us. And we're going to continue learning and enjoying and obeying these truths so that we can share them by the power of God's Holy Spirit in us with those he places around us. We're going to continue our sermon series titled 119. We are focusing in on one verse in Psalm 119, a verse God is using to challenge us, encourage us, and prepare us for what he has in store for us in this new year. Psalm 119, verse 18. Let's read this together out loud. Open my eyes so that I may see wonderful things in your law. Again, together out loud. Open my eyes so that I may see wonderful things in your law. Open my eyes means to uncover, to make known, to reveal, to show. This is a prayer that God will answer as we present this prayer to him day by day. We know God will answer this prayer because he's told us he will answer this prayer through the truth of his word. The Lord told Jeremiah, call to me and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. The psalmist said the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are open to their cry for help. Paul told us God's placed his Holy Spirit in us so that we may know what has been freely given to us by God in his word. Jesus told us, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open. For everyone who asks receives to he who seeks finds and the one who knocks, the door will be opened. We can know that we know that we know as we ask God, open our eyes, God. He will answer that prayer. So Father, we ask now that you would do simply that. Open our eyes this morning, God, so that we may see 
and wonderful truth in your word so that we may see all that you have for us this morning so that we can walk in the freedom and the faith and the obedience that is ours. Faith and trust in Jesus Christ. God, thank you for our victory in Jesus. Thank you for what you're going to say to us, how you're going to teach us and change us and shape us into the likeness of Jesus this morning. For it is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Last Sunday, we focused on asking God to open our eyes to the wonderful truth in his word. Uh, We need to ask God to open our eyes to his word because we cannot understand God's supernatural truth with our natural minds. As we shared, we need God's help to understand God's word. And thankfully, God placed his Holy Spirit in us when he saved us by his grace through our faith in Christ Jesus. The Holy Spirit of truth helps us understand God's word of truth. We need to ask God to open our eyes to his word because there are wonderful things in God's word. God's word is full of wonderful, extraordinary, amazing truth for you and for me. And we shared how as we ask God to open our eyes to the wonderful things in his word, we need to be in his word so that we can see the wonderful things in God's word when God answers our prayers and opens our eyes to the wonderful things in his word. And then we need to ask God to open our eyes to his word because we need to think God's way. We desperately need to think God's way, which is in accordance to the truth of God's word. And so we talked about how God's word grounds us in truth. God's word guides us in truth. God's word grows us in truth, which helps us to think the way God wants us to think, to feel the ways God wants us to feel, and then to act the ways God wants us to act. God wants us to live what we learn from his word day by day. Remember, and we'll talk more about this in just a moment, God's work in us And God's words to us will always be in agreement with God's written word before us. This morning, I want us to spend the next few moments focusing on asking God to open our eyes to his wonderful work in our lives. One of the wonderful things in God's law, one of God's great truths is The reality that God is at work in each one of us individually. He is at work in each one of us individually, even right now in these moments. Now, we know God is at work in us, and we know that God is at work in his creation. We can see that God is at work in his creation. Psalmist said in Psalm 19 and verses 1 and 2, the heavens declare the glory of God, and the sky proclaims the work of his hands. Day after day, they pour out speech. Night after night, they communicate knowledge. We know and understand God is at work through his creation. He's at work in his creation. God reveals himself and his work and his ways in the wonders of his creation. We also know God's at work in others. We see evidence of this all throughout the scriptures as we open God's word and as we look at the men and women in God's word. And we see how God took these ordinary men and women, just like you and just like me, and he did the extraordinary in them and through them by his work in them. And the reason he did the extraordinary in them and through them is because he is an extraordinary God. We look around today 
And it's easy for us to look around to us and to think to ourselves, man, God really is at work in that person. God's really at work in her. God is really at work in him. I mean, you can just see God at work in them. It's hard at times for us to see and believe God's at work in us. It's easy to see it in his creation and in others' lives. At times, it's a little bit more difficult for us to see and believe he is really, truly, actually at work in us individually. The good news is he is at work in us. And so I want us to look at four reasons why we should ask God, help me see your work in me. Four reasons why we should ask God, help me see, God, your work in me. The first reason is God is at work in me. God's at work in you and God's at work in me. Though it may be hard for us to see, believe, and understand, it's nonetheless true. God is at work in you and God is at work in me. God is at work in each one of us individually. We know God is at work in each one of us because God has told us he is at work in each one of us in his word. Turn to your right from Psalm 119, and I want you to move into the New Testament, Philippians chapter 2. We're going to spend a majority of our time, the remaining time, in Philippians chapter 2. We'll still move around some, but if you can make your way to Philippians chapter 2, you're going to be in a really good spot. Philippians chapter 2, in verse 13, we find this passage that God lets us know very clearly that he is at work in each one of us. Paul, the Apostle Paul, wrote Philippians 2, verse 13, and he said, For it is God who is working in you, enabling you both to will and to act for his good purpose. For it is God who is working in who? It is God who is working in me. Say that together. For it is God who is working in He's working. God who is working in you, enabling you both to will and to act for his good purpose. Paul knew that God was at work in his life. The psalmist knew that God was at work in his life. The psalmist said, open my eyes that I may see the wonderful things in your law. The psalmist said, for example, in Psalm 119, verse 68, you are good and you do what is good. God, teach me your statutes. Paul knew. God was at work in his life, very clearly. We know the psalmist knew God was at work in his life. This weekend, we celebrate the remembrance of the birthday of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Dr. King was an American Baptist pastor, a spokesman, and leader in the civil rights movement within our country in the 1950s and 60s. He uh, has continued to show huge influence in our country even after his passing. And Dr. King once said these words, use me, God. Show me how to take who I am and who I want to be and what I can do and use it for a purpose greater than myself. I think God answered that prayer in Dr. King's life. Dr. King knew God was at work in his life. We know God is at work in our lives today. Because God has told us he's at work in our lives, in his word. We know God is at work in us right here, right now, in these moments. 
Literally in these moments, God is at work in us. We are not here by accident. We are here on purpose. God has brought us here so that he could continue his work in us, through us, and around us. So we need to ask God, show me. God, help me see your work in me. Because it confirms to us the reality that God is at work in us. Secondly, we need to ask God, help me see your work in me, because God's work in me is best for me. We know that God knows us best and he loves us most, so we can rest assured that God's work in us is best for us. His work in you is best for you. His work in me is best for me. Even better than what we can come up with ourselves. Now, let's just take this by stages. God's work in us began as he created us. God's work in us began as God created us. We are created by God in the image of God. We are made by God in the image of God. The psalmist said in Psalm 139, uh, verses 13 and 14, for it was you, God, who created me in my inward parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I will praise you, God, because I have been remarkably and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful, and I know this very well. Listen, you have been remarkably and wonderfully made in the image of God by Almighty God. I have been remarkably and wonderfully made in the image of God by Almighty God. What does that mean? And that's a whole sermon series in and of itself, but it means this. You have great value. You have great value. You have the handiwork. You are the handiwork, the masterpiece, the workmanship of our Almighty God. He has made us in his image. We are wonderfully, remarkably made by God. We know and understand what this means. It means God gives us the air we breathe. God gives us the color of our skin. God gives us our gender, male or female. God gives us our height. God gives us our hair or lack thereof. God gives us our strength, our abilities. God gives us our days. Understand this. You're not a mistake. I'm not a mistake. No one was an accident or an oops. We are made by Almighty God. God's work in you and me began as he created us. God's work in us continued as he saved us. We see that Paul said, if you're in Philippians, look at Philippians 1. Philippians 1 verse 6. Paul said, I'm sure this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion. He who began a good work in you, he who started a good work in you, I am sure this, he who started a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. The good work that God started in us is his good work of salvation. That's what Paul's talking about here. The good work that God started in us is his good work of salvation. Realize and understand we did not initiate our salvation. I think we all understand this. It's clear in the scriptures. We did not initiate our salvation because the scriptures tell us before Christ, we were dead in our sins and transgressions. We were separated from God because of our sin against God without any hope or help of getting to God on our own. 
Here's what happened. God began to open our eyes to the sin in our lives. God began ever so gently to open our eyes to the reality that our sins separated us from him. God began to open our eyes to the understanding that we need a Savior. God began to open our eyes to the reality that Jesus is our Savior. God began to open our eyes to help us to understand what Jesus did for us on the cross of Calvary. God began to help us understand and realize the only way that we will ever be able to receive forgiveness of sins and enter into a relationship with God is to receive God's gift of salvation by placing our faith in Jesus. God began to open our eyes to understand the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross of Calvary where he shed his perfect precious blood for us is the sacrifice that we desperately need to allow us to enter into a relationship with God. And God then continued gently, faithfully, lovingly, graciously, sovereignly drawing us into a relationship with him by his grace through our faith in Christ Jesus. Now, the beautiful aspect of God's work in us, of saving us by his grace through our faith in Christ Jesus, is everything that I just shared as God opened our eyes to understand the truths of his word and our need for a savior. He then used different folks in that process of opening our eyes. For some of us, it was maybe a grandmother, maybe a grandfather, maybe an aunt, an uncle, a mom, a dad. Maybe it was a classmate, a teammate, a neighbor. Maybe it was a teacher. Maybe it was a coach. Maybe it was a coworker. Maybe it was that teacher at VBS. Maybe it was that speaker at that youth camp. Maybe it was that Sunday school teacher that continued to just talk about Jesus all the time. Maybe it was a revival. Maybe it was just simply a friend. God uses us in his work of opening our eyes to the truth of his son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Salvation is God's good work in us. You see, we are new creations in Christ Jesus. The old is gone and the new has come, amen? And that's a great truth for us to understand. So we know that we need to ask God, help me see your work in me because God's work in me is best for me. God's work in us began as he created us, as he saved us. Now, God's work in us continues as he makes us more like Jesus. Paul said, I am sure of this. I am confident of this. I know this one thing, Paul said. The God who saved us is the same God who's going to continue his work in us of making us more like Jesus until we see Jesus face to face. Paul told us that God is the work who is working in us and he is conforming us to the image of his son, Jesus. That means that God is molding and shaping and working and making you and me into the likeness of his son, Jesus Christ. God is working daily in our lives. This work is, is known as sanctification. God's salvation is the beginning of his work in our lives. It then leads to God's sanctification, which is just simply a long word that describes our spiritual growth, our spiritual maturity, our spiritual discipleship. It happens as we become more and more and more like Jesus. We place our faith in Jesus, and then God continues his work in us because he began that work. He started that work in us at salvation. He continues making us more and more like Jesus day by day. 
Paul talked about this over and over and over. Paul said, one thing I do, forgetting what's behind and straight toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Paul said, to live is Christ and to die is gain. He said, living is Christ and dying is gain. And so we see throughout the scripture, specifically uh, in the New Testament scripture, specifically here, even in the book of Philippians, where Paul is encouraging us that God is at work in us, making us more and more like Jesus, which then he shared in chapter one. If you stay in Philippians one, just look down in verse 27. Paul said, just one thing, live your life in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Then whether I come and see you or I'm absent, I will hear about you that you are standing firm in one spirit with one mind working side by side for the faith of the gospel. We see in chapter 2 verse 5, make your own attitude that of Christ Jesus. Here's the reality for you and for me to understand this morning. We are all under construction as followers of Jesus. Every one of us are under construction as followers of Jesus. That's helpful for us. Hey, I tell you what, that's helpful for our marriages. It kind of begins to reduce some unrealistic expectations. Every one of us should have a shirt that says construction zone. Be careful. We are all under construction as followers of Jesus. What does that mean? It means this. Our almighty God is at work in us day by day. And anything in us that he sees in us, which, oh, by the way, he can see in us and right through us, anything in us he sees in us that does not look like his son Jesus, he is going after. He's chipping it away. He's moving it away. He's taking it away so that he can replace those things that are not of Jesus with the grace, love, and truths of Jesus. So he can replace those things. And so we know and understand we're all under construction. We're in the process of spiritual maturity, spiritual growth, in the process of discipleship. God is making us more like Jesus. Now, becoming more like Jesus is a continual process. So understand this. You're going to sense as you're walking with the Lord, he's he's going to continue this process of making you more like Jesus. He's going to continue going after those things that aren't of him. He wants them out. But know and understand becoming more like Jesus is also a challenging process because we can't do it ourselves. We can't make ourselves more like Jesus. No matter how hard we may try, that's the work of God by his Holy Spirit in us. As we submit to God, as we surrender to God, he then takes the power of his Holy Spirit who lives with us, and he makes us more like Jesus. But understand, becoming more like Jesus is also a change process. Understand, we cannot stay where we are in our walk with Jesus today and continue to become more and more like Jesus day by day. We cannot say, it doesn't make sense for us to say, hey, God, I love you. And I want to know you more. And God, I want to become more like Jesus day by day. But God, I'd really appreciate it if you stop all these changes things. Would you please stop asking to make changes? Everything will be really good then. Thanks, I appreciate it. It doesn't work that way. Listen, becoming more like Jesus is a continual, challenging 
process of change day by day. Day by day, moment by moment, step by step. It's the daily process of denying ourselves, taking them across daily, and following Jesus so that we can become more like Jesus. But understand, becoming more like Jesus is a good process. It is a great process for you and for me. And so God, he continues his work in us. God's work in us continues as he makes us more like Jesus. Now, Paul identified here in this passage for us in chapter 2 that we're looking at some amazing points. Two in particular. Number one, Paul said, we have a part in our spiritual growth. We have a part in our spiritual growth. Second point, Paul said, is God has a part in our spiritual growth. So it's probably important for us to understand what these two parts look like and what they mean. First, we have a part in our spiritual growth. We see this in Philippians 2.12. Philippians 2.12, Paul wrote these words, So then, my dear friends, just as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now even more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Our part is to work out spiritually. Notice, Paul did not say work for your own salvation. He didn't say work for your own salvation because we are saved by God's grace through our faith in Christ Jesus. He said work out your own salvation. Work out here in the original Katagadzimai means to work out thoroughly, to work out fully. It means to work out and carry on to the finish, to work out and carry on to completion. Work out here is a present imperative. It means it's a command for us to obey today and every day in God's strength for God's glory. So here's what Paul is saying. When he says, work out your own salvation, work out spiritually, that means as Christ followers, our part is to continue growing in our faith in Jesus, to continue persevering in our obedience to Jesus, to continue walking in obedience to God and the truth of his word day by day. We are to continue humbly and reverently. That's the fear and trembling. He said, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. We are to work out spiritually, humbly, and reverently through the challenges, difficulties, tests, and trials that come our way. Because that's where the growth process happens in the day-to-day lives that we enjoy, which includes the high points and the low points. We're to continue growing in our faith in Jesus. We're to continue persevering in our faith in Jesus. We're to continue walking in obedience to God and the truth of his word. Day by day, humbly, reverently, In those challenging times, those times of difficulty, the tests and trials of our lives, which most of us, if not all of us, are right in the middle of right here, right now, which is part of the reason why God's brought us here this morning, is to encourage us and challenge us to continue working out spiritually. It's very easy for us to get discouraged. It's very easy for us to want to just quit working out spiritually. It kind of, you can kind of see the correlation in regards to working out physically. You can see the correlation. Gyms and workout facilities always make the bulk of their money in what month? January. You better believe it. Those places are packed in January. You know what happens in February? Nah, it's not packed anymore. Not packed anymore. You can go right back to doing whatever you were doing before because there's not going to be any lines in February or March. Why? Because 
it's easy for us to get discouraged physically when we're working out because physically working out always involves this one four-letter word that we can't seem to get away from, and that's called pain. And so after a period of time, we just kind of say, it's not worth the pain. Hey, working out spiritually, there's some similarities there. It's easy to get discouraged as we work out spiritually because there are times in our lives when we're dealing with challenges or difficulties or tests or trials, and we can't seem to get away from this same little four-letter word called pain. And yet God is speaking to us through Paul this morning. He wants us to understand when he says work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, when he says work out spiritually what he's talking about, he's encouraging us there's no quitting in spiritual growth. He's also encouraging us and helping us understand there's no retirement plan in spiritual growth. There's no retirement plan in this spiritual maturation process that God is desiring for you and for me. And so we understand and realize our part is to work out spiritually. But we see God's part is, the, is more important, obviously, than our part. Our part actually depends on God and his part, as you can well imagine. And that's in verse 13. God's part is in verse 13. For it is God who is working in you, enabling you both to will and to act according to his good purpose, for his good purpose. So we see God's part is very clear in this passage. God is at work in us, enabling us to will. That means God is giving us the desire. To will uh, means the desire. It's the desire to do God's will, the desire to grow spiritually, the desire to become more like Jesus. God is at work in us. He's working in us, enabling us both to will. He's enabling us to have the desire for his will, the desire for spiritual growth, the desire to become more like Jesus. God's at work in us. He's working in us, enabling us both to will and to act. That means God's giving us the strength and the energy to do his will to grow spiritually, to become more like Jesus. So here in these two verses, we see God's sovereignty in verse 13, and we see our responsibility in verse 12. It's a beautiful picture of the spiritual growth process. It's a beautiful picture of spiritual maturity and how it works in our lives. Understand and realize we are to work out what God is working in. The only reason we can work out is because God is working in. We are to work out by the power of the Holy Spirit what God is working in us by the power of his Holy Spirit. And so as we see, this is an amazing picture. We are working out what God is working in. We are working out because God is working in. We are working out by the power of God in us as he is working in our lives. As one pastor once said, we don't need to be more committed. We need to be more submitted and there's great truth that submitted to God and his truth in our lives. So we know and understand. We need to ask God, help me see your work in me. God's work in me is best for me. God's work is, he is at work in me. It's best for me. Third reason, we need to ask God, help me see your work in me. Because God's work in me is best for those around me. Listen, God's work in us is always best for us. God's work in us is also best for those around us. Paul pointed to this. In verses 3 and 4, Paul said, Do nothing out of rivalry or conceit, but in humility consider others uh, more important than yourselves. Everyone should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. So he's helping us understand 
This is exactly what Jesus Christ did for us on the cross of Calvary. As he continued in verses 5 all the way down through verse 11. That's what Jesus did for us on the cross of Calvary. He looked not only to his own interests, but also to our interests. He humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross for you and for me. And so we know and understand God, based upon these truths, based upon his good work of salvation in us, we know God is working in us, enabling us both to will and to act for his good purpose, which is to help others come to know Jesus and grow in Jesus. That's God's purpose for you and me. It's to help others know Jesus and grow in Jesus. That's the purpose that God has for us, to make us more like Jesus, so we can help others come to know Jesus and grow in Jesus. So we can go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and Son of the Holy Spirit, teach them to obey everything God has commanded us, and we can know and understand he's with us always to the end of the age. He wants us to understand that he desires for us to help others come to know Jesus and grow in Jesus. Therefore, we understand and realize as followers of Jesus, we are ministers for Jesus. God has given each one of us a congregation to show Jesus to and to share Jesus with on a daily basis. If you're a follower of Jesus here present this morning, then understand you're a minister for Jesus. Since you're a minister for Jesus, according to the scriptures, we know and understand God's given you a congregation. And your congregation is different from my congregation. Your congregation is different from everyone else's congregation because God will specifically, and he has specifically, placed certain people in your congregation that he's not placed in anyone else's congregation in here. The reason for that is he desires you to be the one to show Jesus to and share Jesus with the members of your congregation. And so when we ask God, help me see your work in me, we need to understand and realize God's going to affirm, he's going to confirm according to the truth of his word that he is at work in us and that his work in us is best for us. But he's then going to help us understand his work in us is best for those around us because everything that God is pouring into us, doing in us, teaching us is meant to go through us to those God places around us. He's equipping us with his truth this morning because there are going to be opportunities for us this day and this week to take some of the truth that God has given to us this morning, to take some of the other truth that we've hidden in our hearts uh, from the word of God so that we can then minister to our congregations this week, so that we can minister to some of our congregants this week. And it's pretty awesome for us to stop and think about this, that each one of us has a congregation. It begins with those who are closest to us, and then it expands to those that we interact with, our jobs, families, our neighborhoods, our friends, the circles of influence that we have. Each one of us is a minister for Jesus, and he wants us to understand all that he's doing in us. It's best for us, but it's also going to be best for those around us as we minister to them the grace and love that we have received in Christ Jesus. So as God makes us more like Jesus, we are blessed. As God makes us more like Jesus, we are a blessing to others. And so we know and understand God's work in us is a win-win situation for all of us, for every one of us. 
And then we also need to ask God, help me see your work in me because God's work in me brings him glory. God's work in you and God's work in me brings him glory. Listen, as God makes us more like Jesus, we become more effective ministers and witnesses and servants of Jesus, which that growth, that spiritual maturity, that change highlights the transforming power of God at work in us, which brings him glory. If you're taking notes, write this down. God's work in us highlights God, not us. God's work in us highlights God, not us. It's real easy for us to highlight ourselves and give God a footnote of credit. It's very easy for us to do that today through all the different ways and means that we're able to communicate today. But understand and realize God's work in us is to highlight God, not us. It's all about him, bringing him glory. And Paul was talking to us about this as he continued in verses 14 and 15 in chapter 2. He said, do everything without grumbling and arguing so that you may be blameless and pure children of God who are faultless in a crooked and perverse and perverted generation among whom you shine like stars in the world. What is he saying? He's saying this, as God makes us more like Jesus, then we are able to shine out in the dark and sinful world in which we live in the same way stars shine out in the darkness of the night sky. God wants us to shine out for Jesus because it brings him glory. It points people to him. It points people to the truth about Jesus And it is God working in and through us and using us, even when we don't understand it, in his work of opening others' eyes to their need for the Savior, Jesus Christ. And there are times when he'll allow us the joy, the privilege, the awesome blessing of being the one to help lead someone to faith in Jesus. Other times, we're the ones who are just simply watering the seed, being used by God in his work of drawing folks to Jesus Christ. So we understand how important it is for us to see God's work in our lives because the awesome reality is he's at work in us. God is at work in you and in me. Now, when God answers this prayer, because understand, he will answer this prayer. When we say, God, help me see your work in me, he's going to answer this prayer. In these ways, maybe even others that we haven't, don't have time to mention, But what do we do when God answers those prayers? How do we respond? What is it that God wants us to take away this morning? Two quick response points, two quick application points. Number one, I should rejoice in God's work in my life. I should rejoice in God's work in my life. You should rejoice in God's work in your life. God's salvation fills us with joy. God's Holy Spirit fills us with joy. God's work in our lives fills us with joy. Just think about this for a moment. The fact that God is at work in you and me is awesome. I mean, isn't that awesome to you? That's awesome news. God is at work in you and me. That's amazing. And so we understand and and realize God is at work in us, changing and molding and shaping us into the image of Jesus. And so we can rejoice. We can shout hallelujah. We can give God praise that he is at work in us. But understand and realize We are to rejoice in God's work in us day by day. 
the highs and in the lows. Rejoice in God's work in us as we go through times of challenge and difficulty, tests and trials, and as we go through times of suffering. Because those are all part of the Christian life, and those are all aspects of the Christian life that God uses in his work in our lives. That's why James said, consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds. That's why Peter said, rejoice when you share in the sufferings of Christ Jesus. That's why Jesus himself said, be glad and rejoice when you are insulted and persecuted because of your faith in me. You see, we are called to do everything without complaining, arguing, and grumbling. Why? Because God is at work in us and God's work in us is good for us and for those that God's placed around us. And we know and we understand this reality. Praise God he's at work in you. Praise God he's at work in me. Praise God this means he's not done with us yet. Hang on tight. We've had some dear family members this week get words of affirmation, answers to God's prayer, answers to prayer that God has been working in their life. Literally folks in our church who have been praying month after month after month after month after month after month. And this week, God said, it's time. It's time. And God's brought answers to their lives, answers to their prayers. Was God just at work this week and sleep all these other weeks and months? No. No, he was at work the whole time. He was at work. And his work is good in us because his work is always targeted at growing us and making us more like Jesus. So that's good. This is good work saved us and now he's making us more like our savior jesus so we should rejoice as the scripture says rejoice in the lord always we'll say it again rejoice and then the second aspect the second application point is we need to join god in his work in our lives i should join god in his work in my life you should join god in his work in your life it means we should continue working out what God is working in. We should continue submitting ourselves to God each day. We should continue growing in our faith in Jesus. We should continue persevering in our obedience to Jesus. We should continue looking to the interests of others. We should continue living for Jesus. We should continue living, loving others like Jesus. We should continue ministering to the congregations that God has placed around us. We should continue shining like stars for Jesus Christ in the dark, sinful world around us. We should continue telling others about Jesus. We should continue being a blessing to others through Jesus. We should continue joining God in his work in our lives today and this week. God is at work in you. God is at work in me. And he is inviting us to join him in his work in our lives, which will bless us and enable us to be a blessing to all those he places around us. Let me ask you to bow in prayer. Our worship team is gonna come and they're gonna lead us in this time of response.